So let's go now to Alison Scott. Hi, welcome Hi. to the studio. Thank you for having me. Okay, so you've, you're an author of a book. You, you, you call yourself a metaphysician, which yeah. is a tricky word for many people. Uh-huh. Um, and your journey is a personal one. It started with the loss of your husband somewhat 30 years ago. Um, yes. You had to do the maths on that, eh? Yes, I did. Because every time I work out, my son was two. And how old is he now? So it was actually 29 years ago. Okay. This year will be, so this he was, December will It was be. in 1987? 1987, okay. yes, okay. yes. So a lot's happened for you since then. Yeah. Um, so f- before we get to the book and how you wrote it and the kinds of things that you've learned and the kinds of things that, that, you, that you are now able to share, tell us about what does this word metaphysician mean? Okay, so um, my grand- I grew up with my grandmother, and um, she was a student of metaphysics long before it was the accepted thing, if you think I was born in 1961. So people weren't doing the positive thinking, and you create your own reality and all that kind of thing. And so um, when a boy broke my heart at 16, I said to her, I think I need to read those books that you're reading. <laughs> and that was the, the catalyst that got me on my spiritual journey. So I have been... I have devoured many, many um, uh, metaphysical books, but the main training that I did was with the book called The Science of Mind by Ernest Holmes, and um, then discovered a few years back when they had done You Can Heal Your Life video, the DVD for um, Louise Hay, that her and Doreen Virtue actually did the same metaphysical course that I had done all those years ago. And um, so I've... My whole life is based on metaphysics. Everything. So, so is this word metaphysics is a code for spiritual? Been, um, no, no, because metaphysics energy. I mean, me, physics is no, because I didn't even know about energy. Mm. Although I did all the metaphysics, I had no clue about. I was out the box, but I didn't realize there was a, another part of out of the box. Mm. So metaphysics is instead of looking at things and just seeing them as you see them. Um, uh, there's much more going on that is bigger beyond that besides what you're seeing as the physical manifestation. And so I didn't realize that's what you were actually asking. So um, whenever I see anything going on, I'm always trying to see what is the reason for that manifesting in that particular way. Why does it present itself? Because I even do that with energy heating. Everything that I do, I'm always coming from a metaphysical perspective, which means beyond the physical, because I, I believe that way more goes on non-physically before something develops into a physical manifestation, good or bad, in our lives or in our bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking about another topic, and I, I was using an example to, to explain how powerful the mind is, that mm-hmm. that women can actually have a false pregnancy. Absolutely. The body can be fooled into thinking it's pregnant, and yeah. you can actually have the whole pregnant, not a pillow, the real The McCoy. real deal. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so... We're going back to what prompted you to write your book, because that's 30 years ago, nearly. And something like that often, well, mostly shocks your world. Yes, it does. Sometimes you're left bruised and grieving grieving is is a a really tricky process. And for different people, it takes different paths. Yes, it does. Um, you said you'd you'd learned at the knee of your grandmother. Yes, I did. And you'd gone to books, but sometimes books don't help you in that really gutsy need to feel and to experience this loss in a meaningful way and not have it erode in your life. Well, um, 
as I said, I was out the box. So I believed things like reincarnation and um, and life after death. And I was reading a lot of books and I'd watched a, a few videos relating to it of people who had survived a near-death experience. And I don't know why it just made sense to me, even though I was so young. But of course, when my husband died, I was 26. All of a sudden, I thought, well, how do I know that these things are for sure? You know, I mean, uh, it sounded like a good idea, but now I actually need proof. And that's where the journey really began, because I did believe that um, uh, no one dies before their time, that there's a higher reason why people are here, and that if I was meant to die with him, then we would have died in a car accident together. So I kind of knew that I was meant to continue with my life. But um, it kind of threw everything up in the air because it's like I needed to know for sure. It's great having a concept of something being a good idea, but it's something else when you have to actually um, deal with it in your life. And the signs that I got were just phenomenal. People were telling me at that time, you should write a book. And I said, I can remember every story in the instant. I don't need to write a book. There are many books being written about this. But my journey from there was... I always shared with people what my experiences had been. So I just seemed to, it it seemed like I came across a thousand people who had lost a loved one all in a very short space of time. And I just kept on sharing my story of the signs they need to look out for. And this is what really happens. And, you know, to give them my experience. And then when I did the energy healing training that I now do in 2000, Um, I then found that there was another level, even though I had everything right in my head and my Mm. understanding, there was another level energetically that had absolutely not dealt with it at all because I'd lost, I've always got myself into trouble with giggling and I had lost that ability. I mean, at the stage when I realized that I can't remember when last I giggled like that um, and anybody listening to this who knows me growing mm. up knows how much trouble I got. It didn't matter how important the person was that was there. When I lost it, I lost it. And then discovered that a whole another level of you can shut down without you even being aware of it. And so with me um, doing the energy healing and doing consultations with people, I affected many, many, many people's lives in a very positive way of them being able to overcome the loss and being able to support them energetically. So energetically, they were no longer triggered to shut down when the memory was set up. And our bodies are amazing for survival. If you hear people's stories and you understand what they've overcome, it's amazing some people even put one foot in front of the other. But what I discovered was that when we have a memory of a loss or something Um, negative in our lives if something is triggered that opens up as if you have just had that experience right now not 20 30 years ago it's like right now so depression is caused by a whole lot of things being triggered that your body feels it's going through right now I mean, how on earth do we function as a human being if that kind of thing is triggered that's why people that suffer from depression want to climb into bed and pull the duvet over their head You know, it's just uh, beyond what the body can function. And while you are sleeping, there's nothing triggered. So your body is able to, to recuperate. So, so did you did you lose your laugh? Did you, first of all, did you get your laugh back? I lo- yes, I did. <laughs> okay. That that was the defining point of me okay. doing the the healing. You needed you needed. It seems like you were somebody who needs the sign. You suddenly realized, hang on, my giggle's gone. And you, you, that was that was the catalyst for you to say, "Hang on, I need to do some more work." 
No, no, I went and did the, I just knew I had to do this energy healing training. I just knew that was part of what my path was. And on the very first level, they taught, taught us a grief release technique. But of course, I'm the world's biggest skeptic. So I question everything as much as I'm way out the box. Everything that I refer to has blown my socks off. And so I bumped into a girl between the first weekend and the second weekend of training from school. And she said to me, oh, my gosh, do you still get yourself into so much trouble with your giggling? And I realized, oh, my gosh, I cannot remember when last I had Mm -hmm. laughed hard, let alone giggled. So that was that was the proof to me what the energy healing could do. And then because I'd kind of challenged them, what do you mean uh, grief gets locked into your energy system? You know, I didn't, it just sounded a little bit all airy fairy. But then when this girl had said that to me, when I got back the next weekend, I said, I think I know what you're talking about. Um, can I have that technique, please? And someone did it on me, and within two days, I lost it in the biggest possible way and realized, oh my gosh, I'm back, I'm back. And that was the defining moment of, I have to do this work for others. Because with all that I understood, I had more tools to handle the loss than most of the people on the planet probably because it was the way I thought was not the common way people thought. Now it took you a while to get your book done. Tell us about the title. Um, well, it, it came, the, the actual main title of the series is called Spiritual Chat on Practical Matters and that title came to me in the bath because I spend most of my time speaking about great spiritual truths in ways that people can work it in their lives because it's no good getting throwing them a metaphysical book that you've got to chew on for hours because you don't even know what some of the words mean. And so when it came to the individual books, I was thinking, okay, I would write it on depression and on this. And I thought, well, spiritual chat is, it's like just having a conversation. So the book is not a heavy book. And then um, spiritual chat on death and the loss of a loved one, I thought that was a little bit of a weird title because isn't death the loss of a loved one? And then only when I went through, di- through my divorce did I realize, oh, wait a minute, that's a death. That's a loss of a different kind. Um, and, of course, when someone um, um, loses someone through adoption and they you try also to search. speak in your book about loss of pets. Which yes, because that's a mass, another massive yeah. one of which yeah. during the process of the book, I lost both of my little babies. Mm. So within a year of each other. So absolutely. And those are, are things that are almost seen as a personal death. Like, oh, my God, life as I know it is never going to be the same again. Mm. You know, so it's, it's a huge trauma for people. Mm. And mm. you said somebody came to you and said, um, you know, when I when you, at least when your husband died, he wasn't there. When I get divorced, I have to see this guy. Yeah. What what the woman's a couple of them said to me was, you have no idea how lucky you are that if you were going to lose him, that he died because you lost and him I to said, death. Yes. Yeah. And mm. I said, how on earth can you say that? Mm. Until I got divorced, I realized it's a lot more difficult if you've got to see the person because you've got children and you've got, you know, you have to see them. There's no real closure, closure. Whereas, because um, they were saying, and then when they get divorced, they don't love you anymore and they don't want to be with you. Um, whereas with death, he didn't choose to go and he still loved you. You know, so it mm. was a, I mm. understood what they meant when they said that because I was horrified when I was told that originally. <laughs> but I think the most important thing about loss is, is what you've just said, is that unresolved loss or even a small loss can trigger a big loss. Oh, absolutely. They are connected. And so the work that needs to be done is to grieve. Absolutely. At the time of the loss. And 
the reality is that not everyone is able to do that work at the time for so many different reasons. And what did you say? It gets locked in. It does get locked into your energy system. So what happens is, um, and it's quite difficult because in my situation, I didn't realize the grief was locked into my energy system, but I didn't really get much chance to grieve. I was being strong for my family. I was being strong for my child. I was being, everybody was losing the plot around me. So I was the one that had to be strong. Um, for each time you do that, that grief goes under the surface. The only way you can re-access that is if when another loss happens. So what can happen is as each thing happens and it builds up and builds up, you then hear of your neighbor's uncle's aunt that's overseas next door neighbor that died and you lose the absolute plot and not understand why because you're not even connected with that person but it triggers in you that grief which now opens up the whole folder not just one it opens up the whole folder in the subconscious mind so people who've had a lot of grief really have difficulty in Noticing that the sun is shining. I mean, really, their life, their looking glass is through all the grief. So they don't really notice things that are happy in life, you know. So I'm really glad that I'm able to help people in that way. And that's what got me to the book. Because I realized every time I speak to someone, this is not a story that just is appropriate for them. This is a universal story that everybody should know the information of. And so um, I wrote the book with clear intention of being able to help someone, even if they never went for a session. I wanted the book to make the difference. And the feedback that I've been getting has been bigger than that, which mm. I still don't quite understand. It's like it took on a, a, a life of its, own. Of its mm. own. Yeah, Kiketo in his show was talking about teenage suicide. That's, yes. that's a very difficult loss to handle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's also something you deal with in your book. Yes, because I really believe nobody dies before their time. Um, people who... Um, you know, if you were meant to be there to stop it, you would have been. There are certain things that we take responsibility for when, when in actual fact, um, you you not you can't stop it if it's meant to happen. If it's something that's that's the outcome is meant to be in a particular way, and I and I still say to people, well, suicide's not such a good idea because if you jump from the top of that building and you're not supposed to die, then you've got to deal with that broken body. You know, but because if you're not supposed to die and it's not your time, but for the for the surviving members of the situation, it is not easy to deal with, um, especially when an, a um, a mother outlives her child, mm. you know, or a mm. father outlives mm. a child. Mm. And so, the book is really telling your story, but also inviting people to understand about loss. Yes. And it tells a few of my clients' stories that I thought were hugely significant for the amount of loss that they experienced, and yet they were able to continue with their lives afterwards. We are wonderful creatures, human beings. Yes, we are. People forget that defense mechanisms are there to defend you. And to protect you. And to protect you. And sometimes we are not ready to do uh, the kind of... Or the let going that's necessary in yeah. order to do the grieving, mm-hmm. um, and there's nothing wrong with that. No, there isn't. the The, the truth is that um, very often pe- people believe that if they let go of the grief, they lose the connection with the person. Mm. But in actual fact, they don't, because 
I truly believe in life after death. And I believe that we can still, with the science that I've got from my late husband to this day, when my, when my granddaughter was born, and I wanted to know, so do you even know? You know, do you know that our babies had a baby? It was just something that came to mind. And um, I realized there was a, a one of the um, Long Island Medium um, programs I'd recorded and I hadn't watched. And it was the night she was born. And I thought, oh, let me just put this on just because I was so wired with the excitement of the day just so that I could um, wind down to fall asleep. And there was um, uh, the woman busy speaking to a guy whose father had died when he was two which is coincidence because my son's um my son was two years old and then um and the story was that the dad said i wanted to, i want to let you know i know everything that's happened in your life right up to now i know about the two children i know and i knew that ian was letting me know he knows everything so i even get the signs now all these years later when you are stuck in the grief of something, your energy is so dense that it's very difficult for them to get through to you. So you don't get the feeling of them. I always say to people, music is one way they can get through to you that is very easy for them to manipulate. And I know that normally one would be thinking, oh my gosh, I feel so bad right now and I feel so down. Did I really have to hear our song? Because they don't realize, no, that's them letting you know that they actually are there with you. But critics could argue this is just you making yourself feel better. Um, This is music. This is a TV. uh, This is synchronicity. Yeah. How do you respond to that? Yeah, synchronicity is a very definite science, if you want to put it that way, because the the some of the coincidences that happen are mind blowing. I mean, the chances are one in a million that something could happen at that point in time, and yet it happens over and over and over again. Um, so I truly believe that a synchronicity is something that is definitely orchestrated to happen in a particular way. If we think of the fact that in the universe that we live in, if something just randomly went in the wrong direction, this whole thing will come down like a deck of cards. If one of the planets goes out of its orbit, everything else is, is thrown out. So what would make us think that that design that keeps everything so perfectly orchestrated on the macrocosm doesn't do that for us on the microcosm. I'm chatting to Alison Scott. Um, Maureen, uh, I'm d- I don't know if that's a surname or a place uh, or if it's the SMS is cut off, says, Hi, Lindsay, so good to listen to you. The piano I bought through at Cape Talk is still going strong and I still find so much pleasure playing it. Thank you. Um, I, and it's interesting you spoke about music. Alison. Yes. I'm chatting with Alison Scott. We're talking about um, the issue of death and loss and grief. And um, I'm curious about what you're saying about music. Yes. Because um, I often think if I dream about music that I've never heard, I've actually, I'm the director of that music. Mm-hmm. Either I've heard it somewhere else that I'm not aware of, um, but there's music I've never heard in my dream then am I the architect or have I actually somehow heard it before? It's difficult to know about that kind of thing. Um, When the question I asked you was about a sign, a sign is incredibly subjective. Uh, You know, you ask for a sign, bada boom, bada bang, and you see something and then you say, well, that's a sign. Well, it could, your interpretation of it could be just the opposite. Well, I did say that I'm the world's biggest skeptic, didn't I? So one sign is not good enough for me. 
when when I start asking for sun, I think heaven goes, oh my God, Alison's going to ask for sun because <laughs> I ask for 10. I need to make sure that it's definitely what it's what it is. And normally how you know is it because you can't make sense of why it played at that particular time. I cannot tell you how many times I was driving the motor car. I didn't have the radio on. This is just after my husband died. And something would be going on with my um, son. And I'd think, so do you know that this is going on? I'd put the radio on and our song would be playing. And then um, or a song would be going on in my head and I would be at a particular point, put the radio on, and it's at the exact same point. How is that possible? I'm not psychic, so how is that possible that I could be tuned in? So one can't always explain away how it happens. And seriously, I question everything. I I don't just, as much as I'm out of the box, I don't um, just accept anything because it sounds nice. You know, I want to know for sure, for sure, for sure. And And then you'll get an unusual song, like something that never, ever plays. And all of a sudden, in the moment when you need to hear it, that song plays. How do you explain that? You know? I've got a WhatsApp from uh, somebody who doesn't give their name. And she says, ask this lady, that's you, Alison Scott, (laughs) (laughs) um, if she has studied kinesiology. My daughter is doing the course, and I'm so amazed by what she has taught me and what she has learned. Uh, If I wasn't doing all the stuff that I do or was doing at the time, I would definitely have studied kinesiology. I have a very high regard for it. Mm-hmm. I use muscle testing in some of the work that I do. Mm-hmm. So kinesiology is amazing stuff because it's a body feedback system. So mm-hmm. they are able to get information from your body that you may not even know on a conscious level. Mm-hmm. Very t- powerful stuff. i tell you what I asked about the signs is because when somebody um, hears from you, I wanted signs and I wanted many signs. They're going through a grieving process. They don't get music when they tune in. They don't get that. And they're thinking, what's wrong with this person? Why are they not giving me signs? Well, <laughs> and they somehow think that that, that 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 person doesn't love them then. because Oh, but they must also not, they mustn't decide how the sign must be. Okay, why I have the cover, I don't know if you've seen the cover of the book, why I have the light, the sun shining through the clouds in the way that I do is because every time I needed a sign from my grandmother or from my husband, um, they would show to me where the sun would suddenly start coming through clouds. But the clouds are moving fast. So how did the beams of light stay, the beams of the sun rays stay in the particular way? Because I would say if that is a sign, then keep it like that for 20 minutes. It would stay like that for 20 minutes. And I say, okay, that's clearly, and then it would change straight away. The minute I said, okay, it would then change. So when you're asking for signs, you need to be open for everything. I've had um, um, a refrigerator truck driving past with a, a spiritual, my grand often used to say, use the term because it's a metaphysical thing of I am that I am. And That sticker was on the back of a refrigeration truck. Who would put a sticker that doesn't make any sense really to the ordinary person? I am that I am on the back of of the truck. I'd still like to know was that sticker ever there? You know, so Mm. there there are too many... There are too many things that one cannot explain away. That's why I also knew when I, re- when I wrote the book, because I wrote in the beginning, some of the things may challenge people because I talk about soul contracts and life after death and some people don't believe in that kind of thing. But I didn't want them not to read the book because I knew if they had had anything happen 
after the loss of their of their loved one, um, they would have had some signs that they would have explained away because your mind doesn't know how to process that. It doesn't logically fit in with what your beliefs are. So you instantly dismiss it. But if someone is saying to you that you may have received signs, it may ring a bell where they realize, actually, I remember that and that and that happening. So maybe that wasn't my imagination. Okay, Rosemary via WhatsApp says, I have had many signs from my husband who died seven years ago. Some have been quite mind-blowing. I feel so happy when these come along knowing he's still here with me and know we will be reunited again when I join him. I totally believe in life after death. Wonderful. I'm thinking of my mother who said that sod never gives me signs. He doesn't even come to me in my dreams. <laughs> but if of my father, which but he loved if it, <laughs> of course there were more expletives that were a I'm lot sure, more colourful, but it can't go, it can't go on air. Yeah. But the thing is that she would have been getting signs. But you got to understand, if someone doesn't really believe that, and it would open up a whole Pandora's box of questioning for them, they would block signs happening. You know, they would make sure they explained it away of oh, that's just a mere coincidence, because. Otherwise, they've got to then consider, well, if there is life after death, then what about this and what about that? So that's why a lot of people won't even go there. Now, you spoke about the fact that some people don't believe in it. Do you think people are able to say, well, I don't really believe in that, but this I get? Do people do oh, you yeah, think yeah, people do. are able they to do. discern in that yes, way? Yes. Or do they just say this is just you know, a little bit too out there for me? When it's someone who has, has actually suffered a loss their perception changes a bit because there are certain things that they can't explain of experiences that happen. And one of the things also is leading up to the person's passing. There are certain things that they say and certain things that they do that you can't explain. They must have known that they were going to go because how could they, why did they say what they said? At the time you don't register, thank goodness, otherwise we'd all Mm. be a basket case. Mm. But afterwards when you look back you realize why did they put things in order and how come they did this and how come they did that and how come, for example, with my late husband, I wanted to do some things on the house which we'd bought in the February. And he said, no, 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 let's wait till the new year. Now, the only time that we had was uh, when he was off over Christmas time. But I never thought of anything. But he died on the 31st of December. Now, anything that we had started anew at that point would have been for me a total a reminder of him and the loss. Mm. Do you understand mm. what I mean? So I didn't register till afterwards and I thought, why did he say wait until the new year? He was not going to be here the new year. And there were a few other things. Mm. And then I went to a psychic medium who then put everything into perspective and explained why and how things happened as they do. She was the one that told me I must watch out for music. This uh, WhatsApp says, hi, I'm still grieving the loss of my eyesight. You spoke about loss being many things. Mm -hmm. This person without a name says, it's been two years and I'm trying hard to make peace with it. Can I get your book in audio? I am wanting to do it in audio. Okay. Um, So this is your prompt? Oh, yes, yes. Because I'm with Balboa Press. I had it published through Balboa Press only to find out that um, there's no agent in South Africa. So I'm Mm. doing all the slog work myself. um, But I definitely am going to bring it into audio Mm -hmm. for sure. Now, the loss of your husband nearly 30 years ago, um, you can, if you like, honor 
your husband, what he meant to you. And the music, once you've got over the sadness, can mean a lot to you. This person who's lost eyesight, it's very difficult. It's, a, it's about a journey, a new way of life. We hear about people who lose their eyes and other senses become more uh, heightened. Heightened, yes. But it's different. You know, you can honor the memory of someone. It's not that easy to to honor the memory of someone uh, or, or your eyes. Well, we can go into a whole nother level of stuff there, but that would okay. be a whole nother okay. program because okay. uh, when someone loses eyesight, there is something that you don't want to see. What did you so desperately not want to see that you switched your eyes off, basically? Now, you're doing a talk here in Cape Town. Yes. And then you're doing a course in Holland. Tell us about those uh, <laughs> events coming up in case somebody knows somebody in Holland. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I'm going to be at the 8 o'clock club. Um, that's a wonderful um, meeting place and networking place at um, Erin Hall. they on every Wednesday. Um, and they're at Erin um, Hall in Erin Road in Rondebosch. And... So they have wonderful different uh, speakers doing all different genres of stuff um, and chatting about the work. And so I'll be there on Wednesday. And then um, I'm going to be going to the Netherlands in April after Easter weekend where I'm teaching my conscious channeling workshop and my energy healing workshop. So the energy healing that I do, because I don't, work the way I was trained um, I I teach others to do it exactly the way that I do it so very often when I get back from a place a person will say oh um, can you refer anybody and I always say well I don't know anybody that works like I do unless I teach them because I believe in working in the biggest possible way instead of just working on one loss or one betrayal let's just do the whole lot depression is everything activated so energetically you can have everything activated in one one instance and then i can do the balancing and so i teach people how to do that i've got carol in the cbd hi carol hi um um, i find this very interesting because i believe in what i call connective energy and synchronicity Mm -hmm. um I've had, but I've had many experiences, and I question a life like mine. I've lost three children. Oh, I lost sorry. one as a baby, and in the last 10 years, I've lost two sons. Mm-hmm. Um, I've met one other person who's lost three children, and that's Debbie Addington. She was the lady whose husband murdered the three children in at the Marina de Gama. Mm. And she got a head injury, didn't she? Um, she had a head injury yeah. she left yeah. with, and she subsequently um, had another child oh, by wow. artificial insemination. Very brave, courageous lady. Mm-hmm. Um, the point is that where she lost three children in one major catastrophe, yes. I've lost them blow by blow. Mm. Yes. Mm. And I'm still writing... Um, I've just written something now which says uh, blow by blow, shock by shock, mm. knock by knock. Sounds like and a good I title. question why I'm still here. Well, I've had to go through a life like this because I had lunch with two ladies on Wednesday, which was probably the worst experience I've ever had in my life. They cannot, they cannot even appreciate 
where I've been, what I've had to do to keep going. Mm-hmm. And um, that's my my question is what what why am I still going through all this? And what what is the meaning of all this? Because it's completely unusual. Well, um, thank you for calling in. Um, I'm really sorry for your loss because even though I really do believe in soul contracts, which I'll explain, it, when we're down here, um, we can't believe that we, could, we would have actually agreed to go through something like this when the pain of loss is so great. But the only thing that makes sense to me is soul contracts. We decide what experience we want to have when we are here and we choose all the role players or we have agreements with all the role players who are going to be a part of that. So um, you would have agreed to be the surviving mother of the children. They only need to come for a certain period of time for that soul to achieve what it needed to achieve um, and then it no longer needed to be here any longer. And I'm glad you're writing because there's no ways your experience is meant to just be an experience and the story is never told. Because the fact that uh, you should probably call it I'm Still Standing, although I like your title better. But what, I, what I'm meaning <laughs> so is that… The one title I thought of actually was Against All Odds. I like your knock by knock. I know, I like the it, knock it, by what knock. What it does, well, that's, Alison, that's is it, that, that, yeah, that, it yeah, speaks so to much. the fact that you've stood up and you've got another knock. You've survived it's it the, all. It's, it's the yeah, losses that Alison it. talks about. And Cause the one amplifies the other. And, um, you know, the, the, the point also is the title's got to work for you. Yeah, no, but it, it sounds right. Oh, sorry, I can't come to terms with your idea that before that I had a contract that I would do these things before I came into life. Because then what about my sons? What was their contract? No, the contract would be between both of you, between each of you. So well, the, 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 I, know, I know it's difficult. To me, it's the only thing that makes sense because I really do believe that God is a God of love and that um, he doesn't punish us. But we choose to play this game. In, in my, uh, my understanding, it's like um, we decide to have a play. And we're the director of the play. So you have different people playing different roles on the stage. And so, um, and then when the, when the play is over, you can choose to have another experience of doing it. Um, or if, if you can look at it, because I know people also say, well, then why doesn't God interfere? Why doesn't he stop it from happening? But it's like children that are playing in a sandpit. Um, we can make them as safe as possible while they're having their experience, but things will happen because they're meant to still have their life experience. Yeah. Look, okay, I, I'm not quite with you on this, and I, I don't think I agree with it. Okay. But anyway, That's um, okay. thank you for the opportunity. Uh, okay. Thanks, Carol. Yeah, I, I think it's it's quite hard to call it a game um, because uh, I, for her it's a, it's a very No, no I don't think it's the game that got it. It's the fact that I'm saying of the yeah, soul contracts because yeah. it is really difficult to it's difficult to, to believe that, that we chose, that yes. we did um, we did do it in that way. Mm-hmm. Annie and Athlone said, Lindsay, the talk in Erin Hall, please can you give the time and the cost involved? Yes, it's Remind 80. Remind us the date. It's the, the first, that's this yeah. Wednesday on mm-hmm. the 1st of March. And the cost, I think, is 60 rand for n- normal 
people and for pensioners for and something. People. What I mean for uh, non-pensioners, non-pensioners. I mean yeah. non-pensioners. It's sixty. I don't know how they put the term, but I think it's sixty rand for um, for normal entry fee, and yes. then forty rand for pensioners. Okay. And it starts at eight o'clock. That's why it's called That's the eight o'clock club, and it goes okay. on till nine thirty. I just want to rectify. I wasn't saying death was the game. I was saying the experiences are what we say we were going to do, like like a play, um, and then we have the experiences that we have. I by no means think that death is a game but at all. I, I know that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, it's when you're rooted in pain, these things can be hard to, uh, you know, to, to change your, your perspective. Absolutely. Um, a caller's asked for if you've got a, a Twitter handle. Yes, And I how do. can people get hold of you if they want to? And they can't make the talk here and certainly not in the Netherlands. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, the um, well, I travel to Joburg and Durban as well, mm. and I do stuff here. So they can. Co- My email address is info at alisonscott.com. That's A double L I S O N S C O double T dot com. My cell phone number is 082 My Twitter account is Alison Scott S A. A double L I S O N S C O T T S A, as in South Africa. So they can WhatsApp me or call me on WhatsApp or email me. My website is www.alisonscott.co.za. That's my new website. The old mm. one is going to be faded out. And Marie uh, says um, on Cape Talk, an astrologer was on, and I only wanted to know about the year ahead because I wanted to retire. And, and she told me that I have to prepare myself for shocking news three weeks later. And my brother of 60 died of a heart attack. Um, my husband committed suicide 20 years ago. And when my life is in turmoil, I can smell his aftershave. Oh, yes. Says. That's not your imagination. Yeah. The smell is often very, very strong. Very it's acute. a very strong ev- evocative memory yeah. um, for people um, of lost ones or yes. people who've left. The smell of a washing powder that yes, somebody uses yes. can can evoke uh, copious amounts of tears. Mm-hmm. Um, then... Um, um, Somebody is the person who who commented about the eyes. He says, "Now I'm confused. Did I turn my eyes off? Please help me turn them on." Because you said, "What?" Well, one can find what is the underlying issue that caused it, and it can assist the eye the eyesight. It's hard so for people to think. She can contact me on okay. any of them, and we will have a chat. Okay, thank you for coming on. Thank you Cape so Talk. much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank and, you. Um, people can get hold of you in the various platforms. Great. Thank you.